obviously we've had the moral side of things which I definitely wanted to cover and then touched on the environmental side which I think a lot of people are more aware of and something that a lot of people aren't generally aware of is the nutritional benefits or disadvantages of of reducing animal products from your diet and I think if you were I can speak for myself here that generally the media that we consume whether it's BBC or YouTube or any sort of article even the conversations we have with friends it's generally seen that veganism is healthier and I think a lot of people would cite the reason of reducing red meat as one of, one of those reasons not too familiar on this topic at all so I'm definitely as you said earlier definitely willing to to learn and be open-minded about this uh, I'm coming in, into a point of being educated on v- very little on the fact that it is good for you um and it's very dependent on what you eat as well when you're a vegan you know if you would just eat veggie burgers i think that would be a little different but if we yeah if we can just start off again with our how how we feel about this um and how we've come to those conclusions as well yeah so th- th- this is where i come in i guess <laughs> um yeah so i would say that there's um more so than environmental by large amount um misconceptions that are drilled into us from a very young age about um nutrition um and i think when it comes to veganism and diet as a whole there seems to be a lot of people who aren't experts in their field who see an opportunity to preach to people who know less than them and because they know a little bit more they feel as though they can talk about it um, there's a lot of misinformation about nutrition and probably, well, depending on how long this segment goes, there's going to be some things that I say which you guys will be, um, will not be able to believe are true purely because you've believed it for 20 plus years because that's what you've been told. Um, so yeah. It's a great uh, opening statement. Yeah, I mean, um, yeah, just fire some questions at me, I guess. Yeah, I mean, I'll just interject and say to Alex's point, you know, vegan diets, plant-based diets can be healthy, can be healthful, but I guess the thing that a lot of people would have to say is they advocate for more of a whole foods diet, which I think would be beneficial for whether you're eating meat or uh, whether you're not eating any animal products. Uh, the more whole foods you're consuming, the likelihood is the healthier you might be. Charlie might have something to say against this, but I think for the most part it's the, it's the processed foods because, like... Like Alex said, if you can be vegan and you can eat nothing but vegan nuggets and call yourself vegan, but you're not going to be healthy. So to say that a vegan diet is healthier, full stop, is is probably. And this is, you know, I'm 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 helping you out here, but mm. it's like it's like saying, yeah, any diet is fine, but it ultimately has to be a well planned diet. Whatever you eat, I think. I guess would would we change the question to, can you be healthier? Is it possible to be more healthier on a vegan diet than? Than otherwise that depends what otherwise is well then uh eating uh meat and dairy products in, uh, as well as vegetables so it's a balanced vegan diet which again is almost a conflict in terms but is is a balanced vegan diet can that be as healthy if not healthier than a balanced mixed macronutrient diet absolutely not there's there's absolutely no evidence anywhere to suggest that that's true I've looked. When I was a vegetarian, I wanted that to be the truth. Um, no, absolutely not, not an ounce 
not no not even remotely close I mean you I mean <laughs> yeah it's not close um I guess that that's the end of that question um <laughs> <laughs> thanks for coming everyone yeah. um I we think solved it. <laughs> a, a, another helpful thing will be I know obviously you asked that broader question of about compromise um for the interest of this segment if we don't discuss Moz or environment to do with any food if we uh, imagine hypothetically which I know you love Toby um that um environmentally morally it was all sorted out and it all came down to health no i think that's useful for this yeah. segment yeah i think because i'll accept the hypothesis no thank you so much um so yeah um have you got any specific questions on that well i would just start off talking about kind of longevity and that sort of thing and i think actually to contradict myself to, to connect it to some of the moral stuff i think you can say what is like what is the the level to which you're able to live that would justify um, still doing those things? You know what oh, I mean. So it's like, yeah, it, it, um, yeah. or we can take it out of it. So it, I think maybe we, we could we could loop back to that. Yeah, I'd rather yeah. end with questions like that because okay. I think in order for people to make that decision, they need to be educated on nutrition, and I don't think you should start a question before they're educated. That's fair. So I think we should just talk about a few things first. Um, was there anything we were going to talk about some specific things? Well, I would ask you what... Well, sorry, I've, I've interrupted. No, go ahead, go ahead. I feel like he was going to have something very insightful. Um, I was going to ask about um, what you think nutrients of concern would be on a vegan plant-based diet. So what 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 is it that you think is nutritionally... In I'm assuming this is your standpoint on it, and I think you're going to go into detail, but from conversations we've had in the past, you've uh, you've expressed that... You don't think, and I think you just made that statement actually, that you, you can't have a nutritionally optimal or nutritionally complete diet on a plant-based or vegan diet. And I would ask what uh, specifically you think that you can't get from those diets. Yeah, so um, the, I guess there's two things to say first. There's obviously supplements, which is a massive thing, which is a whole argument against the idea of not um, getting enough micronutrients. Um so that's firstly, and I'll go on to that. Um, in terms of specific deficiencies, um, that again is a misconception um, with labels because let's say you've got um, a packet of whatever kind of vegetable, it will tell you loads of micronutrients on the back. The biggest problem with that um, is that most of those nutrients aren't bioavailable. So that means that our body um, cannot do anything with them and it's in the form of something called insoluble fibre. So within the fibre, um, so let's say with spinach, which is notorious for having a lot of iron, okay, it has loads of iron, but it doesn't have a lot of iron we can use. So the idea with deficiencies and things like that is, is actually if you wrote down on paper all of the micronutrients within um, a vegan diet, they would all be there, maybe apart from B12. They would all be there. But it's not about the list. It's about how much you get from each of those. So, for example, with iron, I think it's 2% of the iron from spinach we can actually use and utilise. Because we haven't evolved that way, we don't have the microbiome, we don't have the enzymes to be able to break it down. Um, so when it comes to deficiencies, they're everywhere. Um, I mean, I, I would go as far to say sometimes it's almost every single vitamin and mineral you're deficient of. You still have a certain amount, but you haven't necessarily hit the milligrams. Do you mean if you're following a vegan or plant-based diet, you're deficient in almost everything? Is that what you're suggesting? Without supplementation? Yeah, yeah. without supplementation, um, you are getting the nutrients, you are technically putting them in your mouth, but your body isn't absorbing and utilising them. 
that's um, something for me, which is an anecdote, but I mean, it's, it's in the literature as well. Um, I haven't been going to the toilet anywhere near as often um, on a almost hyper carnivorous diet. One of the reasons for that is because when you eat meat, you utilize most of it. So you, you obviously excrement is just waste you don't need. And when I was a vegetarian, I was going to the toilet a lot. Um, and there's more fiber and things like that um, your body doesn't need them and they're not essential nutrients so you just get rid of them so something about being on a carnivorous diet is that you utilize them a lot more and the people say oh no but you're not going to the toilet because you're having a lack of fiber and it's like it might be um, um, idiopathic constipation or something like that and you think well actually no I'm actually absorbing and utilizing everything because this is all we need um, in terms of deficiencies, probably the biggest misconception is around vitamin C. People think that scurvy is a problem with um, a carnivorous diet. Um, that's not at all true. Um, people who develop scurvy, it's not because they're um, it's not because they're not having enough vitamin C. It's because they're consuming carbohydrates. So there's a massive thing, which is probably my biggest argument against veganism as a health prospect is a process called competitive inhibition. I don't know if any of you have heard of it. No, I haven't. No. Yeah. So the idea is that your body, it has the transporters which transport nutrients around the body and it basically is competitive. It will be, it's usually two things that come to it and it will be like a, like a bouncer at a door and it will be vitamin C and with, um, let's say the GLUT4 transporter will be glucose. And the body prioritizes glucose over vitamin C. So vitamin C stays there and it takes the glucose. You still had that vitamin C, but it says, no, I don't want it. The reason why a carnivorous diet is incredibly healthy in that respect, and it's impossible to get scurvy from a carnivorous diet, is because you're not consuming any carbohydrates. So competitive inhibition isn't happening. It just sees the vitamin C that's in grass-fed beef and it goes, I'll have you. It doesn't see any glucose and thinks, sorry, vitamin C has got to be left behind. People who develop scurvy, for example, obviously the classic is like pirates back in the day, people at sea, it's because they're eating loads of crackers. And yes, they weren't having vegetables, so people thought they're not in vegetables, so they're getting scurvy. Well, it's because they were having meat and they're having a lot of carbohydrates, which meant that all the glucose and everything was being prioritised. So that's the biggest thing. Um, people think that because there are micronutrients in um plant substances they for some reason think that their physiology is able to extract and utilize those nutrients very interesting i've got to say it's it's not an area i know a lot about i think um microbiomes is really interesting and all that stuff and i think it's fair to say that yeah it, it's something that i would love to know more about and it's kind of um yeah i don't necessarily have a have an argument against what you're saying i don't know alex it's kind of throw it over to you or it, it, it's like uh, I understand that there's a difference between vitamins and micronutrients macronutrients on paper and what we are actually able to absorb um, but I would sort of bring it back to the fact that we don't see great you're saying you are almost deficient in all these things I, I don't think that's the case because are you are you hearing about you know where's this from are all these vegans deficient in these things i personally have had you know bloods taken i've seen levels in my vitamins my nutrients are, are all pretty solid um yes i supplement but i don't supplement vitamin c i don't supplement all these other things 
um, I'm supplementing B12. We talked about that as a as a as a nutrient of concern, and then um, I, I kind of take an omega capsule just to make sure I'm getting uh, some extras there. Obviously, I, I eat quite a lot through my diet in form of things like chia seeds, which Alex is becoming a big fan of. Um, but yeah, I, I think it's. Um, I don't know if that's fair to say that most people will be walking around with deficiencies because I think you actually see more deficiencies in people who eat traditional uh, Western diets. Yeah, so um, with a um, deficiency, that can be anything from having absolutely no um, milligrams of that micronutrient to having not enough. So, it do, I mean, for example, um, it's, it's so difficult because it's it's a very small amount, but the thing about your body is that it's an expert in making things work. So it's it's once at equilibrium, and if you're not having enough of something, it will try and keep you alive for as much as possible. So it, it's difficult to say. Um, veganism has probably only been, I don't know, liberally used in the commercial setting, maybe in fifteen, twenty years. I mean, obviously there have been some um, cultures that have veganism, but in terms of um, empirical evidence and investigations, there's nowhere near enough data to suggest that veganism is unhealthy in the long run. I'm not remotely suggesting that because that's a cause and effect statement I'm never going to do that what I'm doing is that I'm is I'm piecing together all the things I've read and there are possible outcomes and the possible outcomes that are to do with associative experiments um, li literally say you do not need vegetables you don't need to eat vegetables you don't need to eat fruit as a kid you're told fruit and vegetables are good for you eat them and because of that, you've been indoctrinated into this kind of way of being and you think, right, this, this is fantastic, this is what I'm doing. Oh, he's eating loads of meat, he's not eating his vegetables. Actually, the guy who's eating loads of meat and wasn't eating vegetables is probably better off in many different ways. And the thing is, it's like, we just, we can't believe that. But the truth is in academia. But you think, well, why, why don't people know that? And you think, well, well I, I would make the same point about, you know, the fact we grow up never questioning eating dairy products, for example, because effectively that's always just been another form of marketing from that industry which says you need milk dairy products for calcium to make your grown your bones go strong oh that's disproven now okay uh we're saying that you need it to have enough protein in your diet oh okay you can get protein from other sources well how are we gonna how are we gonna save this now it's like we kind of it, things get disproven and that is by that is by academic research, you know, those things which say uh, we need to have these animal products are also from studies and uh, that, that, that say that the plant-based products are good for you. So you, you, you kind of, it, there's a whole spectrum of it and I think we were talking earlier about how industry-funded studies become a murky area because yeah, um, yeah, you don't know whether to trust the source of the funding and therefore whether what they come out with can be trusted but um yeah i would challenge either of you to i mean you could do it your whole life i don't think you would find one single piece of academic literature any peer-reviewed paper which would support the consumption of um fruit and vegetables as essential parts of the diet so why why do you think we've been told that um two reasons I look at who we were told that by, and a lot of those were people like primary school teachers or your parents. These aren't people that are necessarily academically inclined, and inclined. they're not going to look at these things. Um, as a point with that, academia takes a long time to trickle down to mainstream 
um, culture and our society. Um, secondly, eating vegetables and fruit is healthier than some diets. It's a short-term fix for an obese child who's only eating cake. Yes, eating vegetables and fruit is healthier than if you're just eating cake. But like we established earlier, healthier doesn't mean healthy. Um, if you look at, I brought it up earlier, smoking. 1950 was the first paper. 2007 was the smoking ban. Did it really take 57 years for people to think, oh, actually, no, this isn't particularly good? And it's exactly the same. It takes a very long time to be implemented, and they're fighting off marketing and companies at the same time. Um, I can honestly say now I've never read anything, and I've read literally hundreds, literally hundreds of papers, trying to find answers back when I was doing bad research of trying to find answers that fitted my point. I thought vegetables have got to be healthy. Nothing. Literally absolute nothing where you will find that vegetables are healthy will be on youtube and various websites um but yeah it's just um it's just misinformation it's like it's i feel a lot of it's to do with us being um duped by anti-scientific propaganda it's just, it, it's not rooted in science in my opinion it's a bastardization of science it's um it's science versus ideology really i mean it's it's you don't see people who are experts in human physiology, um, kinesiology, um, cardiology, human nutrition, who are saying these things. There are actually a lot of people who are carnivores who are doing that. And I've seen people who are carnivorous who are lecturers and so forth. Um, yeah, it's like I said, it's that idea of science versus ideology. It's the evangelization of the world to suit their ideology. And it's not, for me, it's not remotely appropriate. I think it's quite dangerous because people are trying to reinforce their bad habits and people are trying to say, no, this is what it is because this is what I feel. And they're not um, backing it up. Um, there, there are some things that you can consider healthy within a vegan diet, but that's not healthy because it's vegan. So there are a couple of things I'd like to focus on there. And... I think I've spoken to you about this before. Obviously, there's a lot that I can't necessarily argue with. But you're talking about um, kind of these foods and everything that's in the nutrients and, and, and so on. Um, but what we need to maybe consider is the person that's eating them. So, for example, let's look in the UK. And this is very hypothetical, but I would I would quite confidently say that if you took look at the average vegan it, and compared them to an average meat eater in this country, I would argue that the vegan is probably healthier. And when I say healthier, obviously that's a bit of a difficult turn in in itself. But I, I just think in in the way that someone who's vegetarian or vegan might have to think more, or they do have to think more about what they eat, they're more conscious of what they eat, they've actively... Most vegans or vegetarians have actually actively considered what they what's on their plate and wanted to change that. And if you want to change that, then you reconsider what you're eating. You you know you check labels, you buy certain things, you maybe maybe look to more whole foods. It's definitely my experience of the last week or so. Whereas people, and you're speaking about the fact that there's misinformation and and we need to dumb information not dumb information down but make it accessible to people there's a lot of people who maybe are too busy working have a family that don't eat the best diets and consume a lot of meat heavy products whether that's meat things like meat in a can or the amount of fast food that we consume so i completely appreciate that 
and I, I would like to go off and re research this as well because this is important for me going into a vegan diet. I need to know what I might be missing out on and what the what the real differences are. But I I, I still think that it's it's important to acknowledge that vegans generally are. I think anyway, generally healthier and generally consider what they eat more. It, would you guys? Well, I think we're, yeah, I think we're probably making big generalizations, aren't we? <laughs> yeah, anyway, but it, it's slightly large. It's, it's, <laughs> and you know, I'm sure Charlie would say you mentioned they're more processed meats when you were talking about meats, and I'm sure Charlie would advocate for not processed meats, but for good old grass-fed beef uh, well, or some what, elk. Yeah, well, um, oh, there's so many things to unpack there. First of all, I would say no, the average vegan is not healthier than the, than the average meat eater. And actually, I would say that the things that the average meat eater are eating that's unhealthy could be part of a vegan diet. So what you're actually saying is it's not a vegan diet, it's not a meat. What you're saying is it's meat versus a vegan diet because anything else is an external factor, alcohol, smoking, whatever you can't have that there needs to be a controlled study which obviously don't exist um in terms of um processed meats um do you know why processed meats are unhealthy well i was referring i guess when i say processed meats i meant more kind of fast food okay well and fat sugar and yeah okay so that's a perfect example you set me up nicely there um is there sugar in meat no um are the reason why fast food is unhealthy to do with meat? No. Mm. Um, is processed meat unhealthy because of the meat? No. It's all because of the sugar. You're, you're completely right, but it, how much of the meat in, in the UK, like, how much of the meat is just meat? You think of the amount of chicken Kievs, what, chicken nuggets. What's wrong bag. with just meat? There's nothing wrong with just meat. There's nothing wrong with eating a carnivorous diet. I know, but well, we, we, I no, mean, the majority of people don't don't eat this this diet yeah yeah i mean this is some some con i mean obviously both can be considered extremes i guess but that's quite a controversial to make the point that you know fruit and vegetables aren't good for you i'm sure you're backing it up with evidence but well how, to how, say how that meat extreme? is to, to say that meat is not is is how is meat bad for you well there's several meats that are categorized as class one carcinogens for example by the world health organization mm -hmm. and that's to do with nitrates isn't it and that sort of yeah. thing so those are not those are processed, but then there are some levels. I think it's the level below in terms of carcinogen. It's not the class one; it's the one below where you've got red meats. You've got uh, yeah, red several red meats, including bacon, including uh, I think steaks, that sort of thing, are classified as carcinogenic. So yeah. when the, the leading body, the World Health Organization, is telling you those meats are that, mm. uh, are you saying that that's not correct? This is fantastic. Um, <laughs> so, um, first thing I'll say is, um, to do with carcinogens and things like that, um, it would be good for you guys to look into carcinogens within vegetables. They're not carcinogen free. That's what I will say to that. Um, in terms of meat being... There's no difference in severity. What's the difference in severity between saying I'm not going to eat any animal products and I'm only going to eat animal products? There's no difference there. They're exactly the same extremity. I don't know why it's more controversial. It shouldn't be because they're literally this, just the antithesis of each other. Um, the way that it works is, is it's just you're going against, not you guys specifically, but generally you're going against like four and a half to five million years of evolution to where we used to, I mean yeah we used to have a frugivorous past basically meaning we only used to eat fruit but now we don't and 
the way that we've evolved is to be carnivorous. Now, I'm not saying that's the way that I think you guys should live your life because you need to compromise, you want to enjoy yourself. But that that is how our metabolic pathway has been nuanced. Do you not mean omnivorous? No. Why are we meant to be carnivorous? Why are we meant to be, what do you mean? Well, how How is it that we've come to evolve to that when there's never been... I mean, I don't know what, what phase this is you're talking about, like where we are solely consuming meat. I mean, I think some science shows that human brain development came from eating large cooked starches and that sort of thing. Completely true, yeah. But I'm talking about Homo sapiens. Okay. So the last 200,000 years, I think it is, Homo sapiens, we've evolved to be carnivorous. Um, this brings it on to a fantastic point which you've mentioned. Um, we used to eat only fruit, um, which is a frugivorous diet. Um which was about 2 million years ago, way before we were Homo sapiens. Um, and I think we all came from um, Sudan, or what is now Sudan. And all the deserts around there, including the Nubian Desert, were um, rainforests. So all like the, the big things of sand you see, that didn't used to be there. Human beings, which weren't like us, obviously they weren't Homo sapiens, used to eat only fruit. So one of the massive arguments against us being carnivorous, people always say, well, we don't have the same jaw structure as other carnivores. For me, that's a, a horrendous argument. That is very easily disproven. But they say, well, how come you don't have teeth like a lion? How come you don't have sharp, pointy canines like that? And it's because, there's a very simple reason, we used to eat fruit, and we didn't need it, and then there were no negative selection pressures to force that gene out of our genome, because when we were killing mammoths and saber-toothed tigers, we weren't diving at them headlong with our mouths open. We were throwing spears at them. We were using techniques like that. A lion eats, hunts, does everything with its mouth. That's why it has those teeth, and we haven't evolved to do that. Equally, people say we've evolved to be um, vegans, let's say, and I don't think our bone structure looks like a cow. So it's like you've got the thing, do you know what I mean? I would say that our digestive system is much more similar to herbivores than it is to carnivores, though. Would you not agree with that? Um, I would probably disagree, but why do you say that? Well, I, I think that's just established, isn't it? I don't think we've got a... If you look at our, the long digestive tract, that's not really designed for sort of processing meat. Is that not more aimed at processing... Vegetables, yeah. Um, so, yeah, so for something like a cow, for example, it's got a massive metabolic pathway, right? A massive um, mouth to mouth to anus, to use a to use a, a colloquial term. Um, we said no uh, no bad language. Yeah, no expletive, sorry. Uh, that, that's purely anatomical. Um, yeah, that... Our physiology inside is not remotely close to that of a cow or that of a lion, but it's definitely got more similarity, similarities... At, as a lion so obviously cows have obviously four stomachs three of which are ferment, uh, fermentation chambers one of them is there to basically just douse it in acid um, cows eat all day and they only eat one thing they have to eat all day they eat one thing they've got the fermentation chambers and they can they have the microbiome the enzymes everything to extract so all the things that we said which weren't bioavailable to us are bioavailable to them they can do it, and you go, wow, you look, we don't have that. We don't have any of those things. How many stomachs does a lion have? Then you look at the ratio from its mouth to its anus. 
uh, the digestive tract, how long it is. We look at all these things and we think, actually, yeah, we're not similar to lions, but we are more similar to. The, the easiest comparison would be to our primate relatives. They aren't carnivorous, they eat fruits. Um, and you think, well, yeah, they're, they're really similar to us. But, like, for example, they've got a much more convoluted cecum than we have. So there's all these differences. and Great it's Great name for a band, by the way. <laughs> convoluted cecum. And, and, and the reason being is because individual carnivores have their own nuances and techniques in um, killing animals uh, or eating food and digesting food. To compare our physiology to any other animals apart from our own, I think, is unwise. And it's, a, it's quite a... I mean, it's an argument that I've heard before, but it's not an argument that I've heard from credible people. OK, but you also just said that... Our digestive tracts were more close to a carnivores therefore we should be carnivorous so well if you're using the argument of our physiology aligns more closely to something which i think is a dreadful argument but if you were to use that then ever so slightly we are closer to lions i think i would say from my understanding we are omnivorous we are kind of um hunter gatherers scavengers yeah we're opportunists yeah so as you said before we can subsist on lots of different things we can make a lot of stuff work for us so um i don't think it's necessarily the case that yeah there's all these vegans walking around with deficiencies and we're not well suited to eating any of these foods maybe we should sort of bring it back into some stuff to do with like the fact that you know a lot of the longest living peoples for example people who live in blue zones around the world um, eat predominantly plant-based diets they don't have heavily based meat diets and to make another point 14 out of 15 of the leading uh, causes of death in the west uh, can only be reversed by a whole foods plant-based diet either reversed or, pre or prevented yeah so first of all I'll, um, I'll never accept the, the, the claim of um, um, longevity within specific countries being due to diet. There's absolutely zero evidence for that. That is speculation and it's subject to a number of problems such as environmental factors, genetics um, and just their own personal things. So when you've got things like that, I mean, that's I've got a whole thing I've even written here which is a problem with um, vegan arguments and actually, actually a lot of um, medicinal and nutritional arguments is people use the word risk and chance and prevent incorrectly all the time and the thing is for example let's have a look at the Japanese you say wow they've eaten fish and loads of vegetables they're living for a very long time that must be because of this is a cause and effect statement it's not true there's nothing to back that up it's completely rubbish and the thing is it's like okay so if someone says you've probably heard it uh, red meat increases your risk of cancer have you guys heard that before Yes. Yes. Yeah. Yes, I have. That is so wrong to me on many levels. Um, I've never read that anywhere other than heard it on YouTube and read it on articles. Um, the reason why is because that is technically, in regards to academia and um, a nutritional standpoint, an, an illegal statement. And that's because you're using the word risk. And risk is, um, is like a nutritional buzzword. It makes people... Um, it, it, it scares people. So charlatans use them as like a risk one, and they go, "Right, I, I'm, I'm gonna, I'm gonna scare you into into aligning with my ideology." If you look on the back of things, a lot of the time, it will ne even with vapes, it will never say risk. It will always say associations between, and that's because they don't 
ethically, it will never, ever go through. The closest we got was in disgusting scenarios like Nazi concentration camps. What you need is identical twins, preferably thousands of them, lock them in a metabolic ward, don't do anything with them um, for multiple decades under lock and key, and then you'll be able to do it. So I haven't said once in this whole podcast the word risk, and I've actually never said that veganism is bad. I've never said that, and I've, that's out of my brain. I never say that anymore. Those um, black and white statements are just so meeting, and it's what people do on um, the internet, and it's because they tell people what they want to hear, not what they need to hear, and, and they're doing that all the time. So there's absolutely no evidence to suggest that um, meat causes cancer. There's no nothing to do with cholesterol, nothing to do with anything that doesn't exist. Go and I honestly, I challenge you to find a paper that's peer-reviewed that will say that. It literally does not happen. It's, and there might be one that says it's associated with that. If I said to you right now, um, if you do that, there's a risk that you'll get chucked out of the university tomorrow. Versus saying there's association between people that have done that and being chucked out of uni. One of them is you are excreting quite heavily in your trousers because you've heard the word risk. Oh my God, there's a risk that this is going to happen. The other one, there's association between what you've done and people who've been chucked out of uni. That's like, oh, okay. So imagine people saying, if you eat this, there's a risk you get cancer. It, it, honestly, it doesn't exist. And people use it wrong all the time. And it's just, it's spin doctory, crack pottery jargon. It's rubbish. Fair enough. I don't know if I have a... <laughs> Uh, obviously, and, for that one. and again, this is not what I think. You know, this is not my opinion. This is what I've this is what I've read, and yeah. all I'm telling you guys is what I've read. And actually, my opinion is I'm going to stick closely to the scientists who are experts in their field talking about these things. I'm not going to talk to people who are on YouTube who are claiming certain things about veganism and all these people because that they're, they're not experts and they're ideologues, and I, and I, I can't align with them. Yeah, but there is a huge amount of meta-analyses and I mean, I know that there is, it's limited, let's say, the epidemiological, epi, epidemiological studies of vegan diets, but there, it is there and it's emerging and it's growing all the time. And there's meta-analyses done which show that these diets are, you know, they're perfectly, I, I'm, I know you're not saying that you're arguing against this, but they're sufficient for human health for nutrition they'll support you through all stages of life um but also that yeah they it, they lead to longevity and that there is that association as you say so i don't know i think we can if you're just completely throwing out all of that and saying it's not true but i think you know, yeah that, i know there's a lot of different factors where that, that environmental factors that can contribute to longevity like you know um mm. even down to like whether you're happy in your life, your purpose in society, your job, uh, how much vitamin D you get, like all these different things, uh, whether you live in a city or in a rural area, so what air quality you're exposed to. But these studies have looked at these things and, 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 and it is suggesting that that... Uh, yeah, um, yeah, I'd say to that is, um, I'd probably correct you and actually maybe um, improve your argument slightly by saying there's a lot of meta-analysis on... Um, mm -hmm. It, it's not veganism being healthy because again health is a hard outcome which you can never monitor but it's um, that support veganism as being a potentially viable diet I've got a lot of problems with meta-analysis one of them being meta-analysis obviously the um, compilation of a lot of different analysis put into that yeah. if you have a bag of excrement and you put it 
you know, with 20 other bags of excrement, you've got a lot of excrement in there. And I see that I, I used to look at meta-analysis and it's actually a really good way to validate some really nasty habits. Um, I don't look at it anymore. And actually a lot of the time meta-analysis um, is not actually considered academia, fun little fact. Um, yeah, I, I just think it's difficult for people to hear the fact that we can live very soundly on a pure animal product diet that's the way we evolved and we don't need things like fiber like fiber is totally contraindicating the human colon it's not it's i mean it's even if you go on a website it will tell you it's not an essential nutrient we've never needed it i don't know where that came from from me not consuming fiber and this is anecdotal i've the benefits and they can't be coincidence i've looked at the the problems with fiber and I thought, bang, 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 all those are happening. And there are things, so like that, oh, but fibre's good, out the window, it's not needed. Oh, but look at all these micronutrients. Well, how many are you actually getting due to competitive inhibition or due to bioavailability? They don't think like that. They just see things and they go, this might be right, which is why I said it's ideology versus science. They're not using science. It's anti-scientific and it's really quite dangerous. It's, it's very interesting, yeah. Yeah, I mean, you're certainly making me think, as I said last time we talked about it, I want to understand more about how we absorb foods and, and um, especially as, you know, I'm, I'm not planning to change my diet anytime soon to make sure that I'm, you know, getting everything that I need to and that I'm absorbing as much as possible in the best way. And, um, yeah, I, I, I don't know. I, I don't understand enough about it. You're talking about very kind of broad terms, like this, this whole thing has been almost like... It, this whole thing about fiber, this whole thing about fruit and veg has been a, a kind of conspiracy almost. It's been lied to. We've been lied to and it's been put in our cereal. And Yeah, I wouldn't necessarily say it's a lie. And I wouldn't necessarily say it's a lie. <laughs> the, the, the thing about lying is lying has to be intentional. If you're, if you're selling misinformation and you think that's correct, that's not lying. That's just you're wrong. Um, so I don't think there's necessarily any malicious intent behind that. Um, something I'll say, like, I don't want either of you to stop being vegan. I think if you guys are happy with doing that, that's absolutely fine. But if you come to me and say, Charlie, I'm, I'm only looking at health. What What is it? And first of all, I'd say, well, I'm not an expert and this is just a passion. So I think something that I can conclude with saying is that um, I'm not telling anyone how to live their life or then I would be guilty of hypocrisy of the highest order from all those vegans who are telling me how to live my life. Um, I think you guys can do whatever the hell you like and I think when it comes to nutrition as long as you understand that um, what you're doing isn't necessarily a natural process and there are deleterious health effects um, and there's loads of negatives that come with it the fact is and it's a little bit like the morals you care or don't care if you don't care about the the health um, problems with veganism and a lot of the pros of eating meat that's absolutely fine because like you said, you can eat, you, you can live till your 80s being a vegan, 100%. I mean, that doesn't prove that you got there due to veganism, obviously, but you can survive as a vegan. Of course you can. You can thrive as a vegan. Well, can you? Yes. Yeah. I, don't, I don't think we've established through this conversation that there's only... You're talking about health risks and health concerns of veganism and all the pros of meat consumption. Not health it's risks, not Toby, because that would be a cause and effect statement. <laughs> I yeah, I don't think we've established that, that there's drawbacks and there's there's issues with it, have we? Because I'm not sure that's what... What, drawbacks of a carnivorous diet? Well, you the way you just phrased it was that plant-based diets have all these health drawbacks and uh, 
So you want me to say some meat. positive things about um, veganism? No, you, but the way you made the statement is if we we've established that, and I don't think we have. <laughs> it's not. It's what? certainly not. It's not the case that, that that that's what the evidence is saying. Generally, I wouldn't say. And um, well, what evidence have you looked at? Well, I mean, is it is it? Are you just taking it back to that point before? Like, are you? Would you acknowledge that? You know, the when these bodies say that it's a sufficient diet for all stages of life, are you disagreeing with them? You're saying it, it's not it's not up to snuff. You're, like, you're not going to be um, healthy, you're not going to thrive. I can't disagree with them because I haven't seen any. You haven't seen any, any large bodies come out and say that the vegan diet is sufficient? I haven't seen anything in the literature, in inverted commas, meaning like any academic publications, experiments... Mm that has anything, obviously nothing to do with the long-term health of any diet, because obviously, mm-hmm. like we established, that's impossible. But in terms of veganism and the consumption of fruit, trust me, I tried. I was a vegetarian. Mm. I looked for these things, wanting to really reinforce the fact that it was healthy. You will find absolutely nothing. It's zero. Honestly, there's nothing. You'll find it on the internet, put, is veganism good? You'll get loads of things open. Funnily enough... I went, you know the whole um, AI chat thing? The, the, yes. the thing. I um, discovered that a few months ago. However, I thought yesterday I would try my luck with asking it some nutritional questions. Um, and obviously, as you guys know, it gets its information from everywhere. Internet, academic documents, publications, books, whatever. And as we already know, within that, there's already conflicts. So how can it possibly tell us the right information? So I asked... How much vitamin C does a human being need to sustain life? And it said 75 milligrams to 90 milligrams. And I said, that's false. I've read that. That's false. That's not true. Don't know where you've got it from. Maximum 40 milligrams. Um, but equally, that depends on competitive inhibition and a person's human and their physiology. Comes back and it says, I apologize. You are correct. Da, 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 da. I could have left it at that. I didn't need to challenge it. I thought, Do you know what? That's right. I didn't need to challenge it. And that's the way that I think about academia is people stop reading when they found the answer to what they want the answer to be. So let's say you find a paper that says veganism is good, which you'll never find. If you did, you'd stop reading there and go, great, veganism's good. You, because there are plenty out there, by the way. I, send me them, please. <laughs> um, I, because people stop reading and stop trying to find information when they've found something that aligns with their ideology. And it's annoying. Yeah, I think that's a fair comment. I think we all guilty of confirmation bias right so we yeah. we have a thing that we want to hear confirmed and then we see it we yeah okay we'll, we'll look at that one but yeah which is I why guess you need to look at the preponderance of evidence and it does yeah support it can support both arguments you know yeah so just on that point of um whether it's safe for life so the uh, and i think you'll hear this a lot if you if you if you you know watch things on it or if you if you read up on it it's uh, so the American Dietetics Association and the Bri- uh, British Dietetics Association, so they're the two largest bodies of nutrition and diet professionals in both countries, uh, both stated that a plant-based vegan diet, whole foods, I guess, I think we would be talking about really, is nutritionally adequate and safe for all stages of life, inclu- including pregnancy. So with these large trusted bodies, like what you know, what's your response to that when you say it's not safe, you are taking 
you didn't say risk necessarily, but yeah. you're suggesting that they're not they're yeah. not they're not sufficient. So what you're kind of saying is you can understand me not believing someone on YouTube, but when it comes to like the World Health Health Organization and they've, how can I not believe them? Um, I tell you how I can't. Um, firstly, there's been stuff from the WHO which has been absolute rubbish, which has been disproven. Remember, science is changing all the time, nutrition is changing all the time. So there was stuff that they were saying 60 years ago, which was pretty horrendous. I mean, let's be honest, there was a time when they thought things like smoking was good, good for you. That wasn't the WHO, but that was people like that. So it's always worth being sceptical about even the largest of organisations. But with that argument, couldn't the research you're looking at also be like that? What do you mean? Like the research you're getting your information from, couldn't that also be inaccurate? Well, like I said, there's no way of proving any any negative or positive risk of any diet. It doesn't matter about carniv carnivory or anything. Um, I'm not looking quite at that. I'm looking at associative things. Um, in terms of that, yeah, um, how do I not believe them? Or do, is there any scepticism? There is scepticism. Also, I think just I would just, if I could talk to the person and say, well, where have you got this from? Because realistically, I have all the same um, resources as every professional. I'm reading the same paper as a professional's reading. It's not like you get some kind of privilege being a, a senior academic where you read stuff that no one else can read. Like I'm reading this thing here where everyone can read it. it doesn't matter what age they are, what they're doing. Um, yeah, the WHO has been guilty of a lot of things. I mean, would type 2 diabetes exist? If, if they hadn't have stepped in because they think, well, you know, it's okay to eat carbohydrates. And then the only reason why people get type 2 um, diabetes is through carbohydrates. That's the sole reason. But then, but what about the WHO? They told us we could eat them. Yeah, I'm, not, yeah, I'm not sure that's totally true because there's quite a lot of evidence to suggest that <laughs> vegan diets actually reduce type 2 diabetes and that sort of thing. You can still have a low-carb um, diet as a vegan, technically. I mean, it's it's obviously... All vegan food is carbohydrates. I mean, you can't kind of get away from that fact. But if carbohydrates didn't exist, then type 2 diabetes wouldn't exist. Um, yeah, I, I don't know. It's an interesting question about that. And it's kind of authority. People say, well, you know, Charlie, you're not an expert. You're this, you're that. You're only interested in it. You can't disagree with the WHO. Well, I am. And that's not just me who's disagreeing with it. It's... Because remember, it's not my opinion. It's, it's all these papers are disagreeing you with it. You can certainly disagree, but I think if they've come out with a statement based on looking at the spectrum of evidence, they will have reviewed a lot more papers than you will have as an individual mm. because they have... Loads more people and less yeah, more time. Loads more people and time resources. This yeah. is literally what their, that their entire thing is. So mm. um, I do put trust in those, and maybe that's foolish, but yeah. No, that's again. I mean, and that is kind of opinion. Obviously, people put their trust in different things, um, but yeah, I, I'm just skeptical about it. Um, and I think that's another thing about being skeptical is a lot of people who are vegan. If you show an ounce of skepticism, they get really defensive, and it's like, well, hang on a sec. There's nothing wrong with showing skepticism. I think they only get defensive if they kind of realise that their arguments are built on a house of cards and then they have to get you know a bit foolish but for me I'm not um, scared about this because it's like I said it's not my opinion I'm just I'm just regurgitating things that I've read um, over a fairly long period of time I'm not saying I'm an expert but I would, I would safely say I'm more well versed than most 22 year olds about this because most people don't really care um, mm. but yeah in, in conclusion for nutrition um, it's been established um for quite a long time that for the last five million years we've been gradually um evolving to be hypercarnivorous beings 
we don't need fiber we don't need vegetables we don't need fruits will i continue eating them yes it's compromising i will enjoy my life when i can eat meat again hopefully if this um, process is successful yes i will do that because it's not all about what's nutritionally optimal it's about enjoying your life and it's about doing other things or whether it's doing the environment so I i'm willing to do that i mean I, I i smoke socially and i know that's not good for me i still do it um, and that's going to be the same with vegetables. Yeah, I understand that in many ways I'll be better off if I didn't have that bit of tender stem broccoli. And people say, well, that's rubbish. Well, you know, I know that if I ate that, there'll be a tiny amount of things that are wrong. But I'm still going to do it because I like broccoli. So if it's based... So, uh, uh, yeah, I think what we were saying before is your, your a lot of your argument is based off trying to reach what is nutritionally optimal. But if you're saying as an individual you're not necessarily looking to live at that level of nutritional... Is optimism the right word? Um, Optimalism. Optimality. Oh, that, oh that's interesting, yeah. Unoptimised un nutritional intake. Yeah, so yeah. If, you're, if you're not actually that fussed about being nutritionally optimised in your diet, can we bring the conversation back to other things, which is, okay, so what level of... If, if you're willing to accept that vegans can live a very long time if you're willing to accept which i think you know we can say we can see examples of people who, who live this long and and the evidence is saying it does lead to you may have disagreed with that but ultimately what what's the sacrifice because you could say i don't want to have a diet which requires supplements but you know think of all the and again, you'll probably disagree with this, but think of all the negatives that come along with eating meat, all those things that could be potentially mm. deleterious to your health, which you don't agree with, but I would see as, as deleterious to your health. So yep. I would rather personally eat a diet which might be nutritionally incomplete in the sense that I have to take one supplement for B12, but live a hell of a lot longer and not develop any of these things like heart disease, bowel cancer, which we know are linked to linked yeah <laughs> we know a link to uh to animal products consumption in excess i guess yeah and i know you could say it's an argument for moderation but like yeah what would it take for you to sort of say that i could see myself having this diet because i'm not i'm not looking to be nutritionally optimal i accept that people do live a very long full thriving life on a vegan diet and at the same time they're reducing their carbon impact they are minimizing their animal suffering and the only thing they have to do is to take a to take a vegan supplement for b12 because you know vegans aren't dying left right and center the people who are dying are the people who are over consuming animal products yeah okay so there's two things i'll say to that quickly um i'm finding it very difficult to agree with you but i need to, i need this to be productive yeah i think we have very different uh, um, standpoints yeah. on this one <laughs> so, so again obviously you can't establish causality so saying longevity corresponds to health is not true you can there's no but even the mere fact that vegans but, are living yeah i'm saying if you can accept the and you might say the science is too new but yeah. Okay. Yeah. Well, yeah. Living for a long time doesn't mean you're healthy. I mean, we can all agree with that. I unless you just want to live for a long time. I mean, there are people with type one diabetes. They're born with it and they live till they're ninety. So uh, yeah, I don't know. I mean, I, I can understand that. Unless well, that's even more anecdotal than what we're talking about, though. <laughs> we're talking about studies which actually show that these. Well, again, you're going to disagree, but these mm. studies do show an association between uh, largely, predominantly plant-based diets, high in starches for example 
high in whole grains, whole foods, and perhaps a small amount of animal protein in the form of fish sometimes. But yeah, these are the places in the world where people live the longest and they have the highest life expectancy and they're yeah. not consuming large amounts of animal products. Yeah, it, it, again, it is associative. And I know that sounds really, um, what's the word? What's the word when you're um, saying something and it's and it may as well it's not helpful. What's that word? Indicative. No, I'm being um, facetious. No, dickhead. No. Um, when, Rude. For example, I'm picking up on you saying risk, and that's not a massive problem. What's that called? Pedantic. Pedantic. So you might think that I'm being pedantic when I'm saying these things, but the thing is, it is a. D- I can see the danger in people saying that these people are, are eating this, so this means this. And, and and that is a bit of a problem like longevity corresponds to health does it maybe okay maybe it does I mean sh- show me a study that backs that up which is an actual study that's backing that point up equally um, you can look at all the healthy nations and they're eating that how do you know they're healthy because of that I mean literally like I said you've got to get twins and lock them in a room for years so I guess what we're saying is without trying to sound pedantic you're looking around and you're thinking well that can't be a coincidence and I understand that but Okay, I guess my final question... I do have a paper in front of me, by the way, based on veganism, ageing and longevity, new insight into old concepts, and I can send you that. Yes, please. Um, So the purpose is to understand whether plant-based diets are associated with better health and longevity. Is it it meta-analysis? It's not a meta-analysis. Oh, that's good. Um, I guess There is substantial evidence that plant-based diets are associated with better health, but not necessarily lower mortality rates, interestingly. So that's a great example of something I was saying where... Um, obviously cause and effect right mm-hmm. so that's not a cause and effect paper they don't really exist in nutrition it's pretty impossible for it to ever happen because it's ethically um vile um mm. so that's saying associate with and that's i mean i know that I, I i have read papers which say that veganism is associated with this 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 i've, I've read them and i would like to read that one um yeah my final question to both of you um and I'd like both your answers with that. Imagine we hadn't had this conversation and, and someone just came up to you. Um, what is, what's wrong with eating meat on a nutritional standpoint? Forget the idea of morality and all that kind of stuff. You've been brought up thinking a certain way and you, obviously these facts haven't been told to you by necessarily um, experts, but you've, I mean, it's in the pub, you go around, oh, you know, red meat's bad for you, gives you cancer and all that rubbish. Um, what what what's wrong with meat? Why is meat bad for you? Well, I, I don't think I'd ever say too much to be honest with you, um, because I'd be focusing on the other points. Um, I probably would have gone with something along the lines of red meat, and anecdotally, which I think is important, if someone was asking me a question, I'd say I I tend to feel a bit a bit lighter. Um, I, I have more energy personally if I if I don't consume a large amount of meat, um, particularly after the meal. Um, so I guess the anecdotal experience would be important that kind of meat tends to give me uh, things that I don't particularly like whether it be meat sweats that I associate with eating large portions of meat Um, so that seems like a moderation problem not a meat problem yeah but even even kind of normal consumption of meat sometimes would, would give me meat sweats as well i guess it's hard to establish what normal is i mean we're eating a lot more animal protein generally speaking than we used to aren't we so it's it's an overabundance thing again but do you know why you get meat sweats 
isn't it? It's a very the guilt. It's an interesting thing <laughs> which actually links very, very closely to the consumption of um, supplements. So, um, animal meat and everything, when you're eating it, it pr- provides um, the most thermogenic effect, which basically means that your body it requires a lot of energy to break it down, and which means that you get hotter because it's literally energy, heat energy. Um, so when you're eating meat, you will be warmer, actually, and it's, it requires more energy. The reason why that's linked to supplements, which is very interesting, probably one of the most interesting things I've known about veganism, is that in order to... Let's say you've got a multivitamin tablet. People think you take it with water, take it with whatever, and you've magically got those vitamins into your system and it's a safety net and you don't need to worry in order to get the most out of those vitamin tablets you your body needs to be in a thermogenic state in order to utilize those uh, nutrients and as we've just said the thermogenic effect is established through eating meat which if you were eating you wouldn't need the supplements so when you guys are taking your supplements um you're not necessarily gaining any advantage from that because your body requires a certain amount of thermogenesis in order to extract those nutrients. So you're literally taking it and it's falling out the other end and nothing's happening. But if you if you were eating meat, you wouldn't need to do that because a carnivorous diet is not deficient in any vitamins or minerals. Um, so that's an interesting thing in regards to thermogenesis. Very interesting point, yeah. I mean, anecdotally again, I guess I'm... As I said, I'd have, I've, I've had some bloods done and um, everything's looking good. Off the charts and all those things. So I think um, there's no issue with absorption there, whether it's from food diet or whether it's from a supplement. Um, take your point about maybe you, you wouldn't need those things if you were eating more nutritionally dense foods, such as some kinds of meat. But I would still, yeah, I would. And that question around why is it bad, I am going to, kind of put my trust in analysis that looks at a, a large amount of evidence and comes back and says there's a negative association between you know just to take the uh, I know you're so just skeptical of the WHO but that particular uh, report yeah effectively identified processed meat and red meat so mm. classified as carcinogenic as red meat it's pre- probably carcinogenic after the IIRC working group 22 scientists from 10 countries evaluated 800 studies uh, showing positive association between processed meat consumption and stomach cancer and between red meat consumption and pancreatic and prostate cancer. And I'm, I'm going to listen to that. You may not listen to that, but that's... I do listen. That would so, be a reason why I, I would probably opt not to eat red meat, personally. I do listen to that, 100%, and I've read a lot of studies, and I do listen. It's about what you gain from the certain language that they're using. For example, I've read studies that have said there are associations between eating high-fibre diets, fruits and vegetables, which are deleterious to your health effects. How's that any different from reading that and saying the same with meat? It's absolutely nothing. They're all associative. So in order to use those in your favour of saying that meat is bad for you, you have to disregard everything that says that is bad about eating fibre and eating carbohydrates. Do you, do you know what I'm saying? So that they're of equal value. What, what, what studies show that fibre is bad for you? Specific studies. Well, any... Um, well, again, I can send you them. I, I think um, I'll have about... I think I had 14 that I've, I've seen. Um, in terms of what they've said, fibre is basically... is pro-inflammatory, first of all. And actually, I've experienced that firsthand. Um, my skin, um, all over my body. 
um, has got better. There's, there's less blemishes and things like that because obviously carbohydrates are sugar, sugar is pro-inflammatory, things like that. Um, contrary to popular belief is actually damaging to the gut lining. Um, that's a very difficult thing to explain, but basically um, very small, sharp, um, fibrous molecules can perforate your stomach. Can. Um, causes an overburden of the need to produce mucus is another one that's associated with idiopathic constipation and hemorrhoids obviously again associated with um, so all these things th these are things that are wrong with fibre and that are bad in inverted commas um, but equally you can do the same for meat and that's the, the whole argument of my thing is is that there is no evidence anywhere to look at the cause and effect outcomes of any health or any diet of any kind so the idea is because we know that you then have to read around the subject look at associative studies and make your own mind up to a certain extent um but yeah i think can you be healthy as a vegan what is healthy i would say that and yes you can live for a long time um but equally i think it'll be interesting to see um when veganism becomes uh, more of a thing because it's obviously been as well as it's been labelled as a fad, let's be honest, um, for the last 15 years. And let's say people do start doing it, um, like smoking, like other things like that, just to see how long it takes for people to do it and, and how long it takes for there to be health impacts. But the idea is that doesn't really matter if you guys are prioritising morals and ethics and um, environmentally. It doesn't really matter. All I'm doing here is pointing out the fact that if you are saying that veganism is healthier than eating meat, or you're saying that a carnivorous diet has deficiencies or anything like that, um, that's where I step in. I'm yeah. not saying you need to eat in a certain way. Um, I'm just um, explaining what I've read over the last yeah. four years. And that's something I wanted to clarify in my own mind, which I still need to think about, is what to what extent does a vegan diet need to kind of lack certain things that you've you've mentioned um for for me comparing it to to the moral standpoint um for example if if i was someone that didn't eat animals uh or fish or any animal products and then would would subsequently die a few years later then i'd probably reconsider my position um so it's important to to reflect on that based on what you've said to think about to what extent um, do I need to look after myself for that, for the moral reasons, if that mm. makes sense. And I'll still be eating vegetables, and I don't really eat fruit. Um, uh, fruit has had some pretty negative things happen to me, but in terms of vegetables and things, like, I'll be still eating that. I'll still be eating carbohydrates. Like, I'm still going to be doing that. I'm going to have a mixed macronutrient diet, hopefully, if my um, kind of self-experiment works with all this kind of thing. But I, I just think um, these are things that are in academia and in peer-reviewed papers which are being said by professionals i enjoy reading them and this is why i don't like talking about it a lot of the time because people start fighting with ideology or they start saying well yeah what about this is this and it's like well i'm not doing it for that i'm reading it i'm just taking that in and that's the end of it um i'm not trying to validate any of my habits or anything like that like i know that um, when I was a vegetarian, like vegetarians are inherently less healthy than when you're eating meat and things like that. I know this, but I'm just I'm just living my life, and I'm I, I want to have um, um, the most healthy um, diet with also the um, flexibility to eat things that aren't necessarily healthy, um, and and that's I like to think that's what I'm doing. 
Um, I'll never use the argument as, well, I'm healthy, so it must be right, or I'm still here, or there are carnivores who have lived for a long time, things like that, because it's just, it's weak, and it's not, it's anti-scientific, it's not backed up by anything. Um, but yeah, basically, in conclusion, do what you want, just know the risks about things. And risks. <laughs> there we go. Yeah, I think it gets into dangerous territory when you start, like, comparing, I mean, you were saying <laughs> veganism being a fad akin to... Uh, the era of smoking and heavy smoking, you know, the evidence suggests that meat consumption is much more akin to smoking than anything to do with... I know you were actually saying that one and the same, but I think let's not, you know, let's not suggest that it's a fad in that way. There's, there isn't this sort of evidence which suggests it's, it's, it's not sustaining, it's unhealthful. Um, and I know it's... It's new science and it's like limited epi epidemiological studies and such, but I think it gets a little bit murky when you start sort of trying to liken it to something like smoking when it's it's kind of the polar opposite of that. And the red yeah. meat consumption is something that's literally been classified as carcinogenic in line with tobacco consumption. So it's, it's that that you actually need to look at. Yeah, I think also, um, uh, yeah, so carcinogenic stuff vegetables contain over 40 carcinogens as well so it's like well what, so it, it's kind of everything seems to come back to the annoying thing of it's a moderation problem not a food problem or too much of anything's bad for you or everything causes cancer it's just a, it's a horrible way to to kind of come about it because mm. anything you literally anything you can fight me with towards um carnivory or omnivory or whatever i should with my background in this be able to just do the exact same back and it's because i've had an um an individual look on it because not many people have had the dietary um journey that i've had and i've been um i understand now how to read studies and i've looked at studies which i've read incorrectly or i've tried to think no do you know what? i'm a vegetarian so vegetarian has to be the healthiest so I, I desperately try and look for things i look at it from a very unbiased point now and it just so happens that all of the um documentation is pointing towards the fact that We've been uh, evolved to be carnivorous, um, preferably hypercarnivorous, so not even any dairy or eggs, things like that. And that's the and that's just the way it is, and that's not a problem necessarily. It's just that that's the way is, it is. Is that well, even I don't important know if, though? Yeah, I don't know if you stating that that is just the way it is is necessarily fair as well, because again, it's just that's your opinion based on a lot of stuff you've read. It's not necessarily the scientific consensus. I wouldn't say. Uh, I don't think you're own personal scientific consensus based off what you've read trumps you know international bodies which have reviewed frankly far more literature than you have it, international there are international bodies that say um carnivorous diet is the way to go there are senior academics who say this there are papers that say I, that, but that, you yourself have admitted that the the general research isn't con isn't, isn't conclusive no no well the cause and effect is not is not conclusive but with what we have which is like saying we have sometimes have to use the best of what we got even if it's not like amazing is associative tests meta-analysis i'm less i don't really like that but with that and it can it points to a lot of things and yes you at the very very end of it you kind of had to say maybe this part is opinion the problem is people insert opinion too far up and that's my problem, is that my opinion comes right at the end when you're presented with all these things, and I think, okay, I'm going to think this. And that's what scientists do as well. It's not necessarily my opinion. It's, it's what they conclude, and I'm just saying this, 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 this. Um, Should we 
kind of call it a day wrap this up I think yeah should we go get some burgers and meat both, and then yeah. fish <laughs> now let's uh, eat some broccoli because that's really healthy for you well what I think we can probably say is that we, we both acknowledge that a well planned diet whatever it is is probably going to sustain you throughout life and I don't think you expect me to drop dead anytime soon I think you know that I'm getting getting everything I need I'm healthy I'm Kind of, I've got more energy than I've ever had before in my life. I used to be incredibly kind of unfit and and not eat well. And I know that that's, you know, tenuous because yeah. you might say, oh, it's based on, it's anecdotal and it's it's all it's uh, you know I might have not been eating a well planned traditional Western diet before that. But I think what we, I think at the end of the day, we can all agree you can be healthy and healthful and live a long, sustained, happy life on both. I would hope. I think we could probably come to that conclusion I, I you know i might think your viewpoint is extreme you probably think our uh, standpoint is extreme yeah well like i said they're they're exactly the same extremity aren't they yeah because they're, they're literally just the opposite of each other um yeah i think y- you can i mean i don't like again hard health that's a hard outcome it, I, it's, it's dreadful it's dreadful but and just in saying there's a difference between obviously being healthy living and surviving there's a totally different things and we don't really want to survive we want to live right and they're, they're two different things and but by just nutritionally just getting by or having fun but yeah i would say that i don't think you're going to drop dead anytime soon and um the science wouldn't indicate that and yeah i think you can do that however and the science doesn't indicate the fact that people on the carnivore diet are going to drop dead either um and I'd like you to send me those papers, please. Yeah, well, I think there's interesting points on both sides. And I guess mm. we could, again, we've been going for ages, haven't we, Alex? But we could talk again about how that impacts those other two parts of the argument, the, the environmental case and the, and the ethical case, and to what extent you're kind of willing to compromise almost if you think those other two things are important to you. Or for me, they're all important to me, so it, it makes the most sense because from what I've read... Um, I'm more of the viewpoint that it is a healthy diet and it has all these positive benefits for obviously um, a reduction of suffering for animals um, and for um, reduction of climate impact. So for me, it's a kind of a, a triple threat, I guess they say. Absolutely. And, I, and I'm willing to compromise that in my own life. I understand what's nutritionally optimal, which mm. you might think might be my opinion, but I understand what that is. I'm not necessarily going to do it. And that's not the idea. I'm not trying to preach anything. I'm not telling you how to live your lives, anyone. If, you, if you've made it this far in the podcast, I mean, I, I wish you long health for the rest of your life. <laughs> it, it, it's certainly been a long one, hasn't it, Alex? Definitely. It's easily the, the longest episode. But I think we've we've covered good ground. Um, and I think people can hopefully take away quite a few different things, um, whether it's on any of the three fronts. Um, I think I'd like to, yeah, firstly echo Toby's point about when you when you do start um, eating plant-based, uh, again, it's extremely anecdotal, but I really do think you start to think about what you're eating. Uh, and generally speaking, it's going to be definitely for the first few weeks, if not months, it's going to have a positive impact on your, on your life and to see the possibilities and how much food you can eat that you never thought you'd be able to eat and how you can easily go without um, meat and dairy products, um, not necessarily nutritionally, but just gem- in general in general life. Um, but also, yeah, thanks to Charlie for um, kind of doing a lot of in de- in-depth research on nutrition, which is important because, again, someone like me who is not very well-versed and the general narrative is that it's very healthy and you don't see much of another side. So I think it's really important to uh, to look into to that other side um, and it's a pretty big side 
by the sounds of it. So really three really important things that definitely we can consider over and, and, and really try and think about when we're eating what we're eating. And I think that goes more, more generally as well, just can, thinking about any, anything to do with food, about where we get our products from, what what's in them. You mentioned calories earlier. There's so many different things that we can think about when we're consuming our food. Uh, which is important to do as well. Is there any other final points that you'd like to add? I would just say thanks for the conversation and thanks for some really sort of thought-provoking um, arguments and um, you obviously, Charlie in particular, really well read on the nutritional side and it's kind of, yeah, well, <laughs> unlucky Alex, Alex. We're, we're still pretty new to this whole nutritional debate, but um, Charlie, yeah, um, kind of made me think and, and it definitely makes me want to kind of go and learn more and obviously you can you can find evidence to, to back up both sides so it is it is tricky but I think the benefit of all of it is just being I think what we can say is that being more engaged in where your food comes from and, and any kind of diet that you're choosing to take is, is, a, is a benefit I think yeah that, that, that that's why these conversations are good I think yeah, actually, I've really enjoyed myself. I thought it was really good. Um, I said before this started recording that I'm, I'm not really thinking about talking about nutrition much in public, if I can say that about this. Is this public? I guess it is. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I, I love nutrition, and it's one of those hobbies, and I read about it every night, and I, I love it. And it was ever since I was vegetarian, I guess, aligns with what you're saying. People think more because they have to. Um, they need to be careful, and... Yeah, I think just just generally I've, I've really enjoyed it. I've learned a lot of good things, especially from what you're saying, Toby. It's, it's really interesting to see it. Yeah, cheers for being a moderator, Alex. <laughs> um, and, and yeah, absolutely. And I think if I could close with one thing about learning anything about nutrition or um, about stuff about the environment is, um, one, don't stop reading when you read something that you agree with. And also just because it's in a book which is basically a professional opinion, it does not necessarily make it true. Just because it's in a documentary doesn't make it true. And actually, science is changing all the time, and there is academia out there that is wrong. And I think it's about having um, or taking as many angles as you can, getting all the ingredients as possible, and just kind of thinking, right, what do I think? Um, but yeah, don't believe everything, especially some of those people on YouTube. My God. Holy moly, though! Yeah, dreadful. I mean, even in the academic literature, just to say, I, uh, I am actually myself a published academic. So there you go. I have a peer-reviewed paper, <gasps> and really? uh, we we can all tell that, that means that the system is broken. <laughs> uh, are you an author or co-author? Uh, lead author. Wow, that's amazing. What what's it called? It's called Grassroots Retrofit. Amazing. Well, thank you for telling me what to avoid. Completely irrelevant to this conversation. I'm just making a point uh, that, you know, yeah. we can slip through the cracks. <laughs> <laughs> just like this podcast says. <laughs> yeah, but in all seriousness, yeah, cheers for having me. It's been really, it's probably, I'll say, it's been the most fun um, podcast. I think, actually, in my opinion, it's the best. Wow. Maybe it might have to be a, a two-parter. What do you think? Oh, goodness. Is there me. anything left to discuss? I don't know. <laughs> what I mean is, it's so long, you might have to divide it up, otherwise oh, people yeah. aren't going to listen. I think we should yeah. do it as a trilogy. They've always been successful as trilogies. That's true. Yeah. Um, absolutely. But we need to make sure the second one isn't kind of a lull. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Mm. So, yeah. There's so many other things you could talk about. I mean, yeah, you could go into, I mean, Charlie wouldn't like this, but, you know, spirituality and people who've kind of followed these diets over the why years wouldn't i like that. spirituality well, it's not objective is it it's not science-based is what i'm saying i've got nothing it, wrong with discussing people's opinions but all i'm sure. saying is is that when people label their opinions as something more than opinions and that's when i'd have a bit of a problem fair play 
Thank you. It's been a great conversation, yeah, Alex. Yeah, cheers, Alex. And thank thank you. Charlie. Yes, thank you, everyone.